0: Hello and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. As a reminder, our episodes are still dropping bi weekly for the foreseeable future at the beginning of the week. You can keep up with all of our shenanigans on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we're happy to be hosting a retrospective on Dr. Aphra, Volume 2, following the release of the final issue, number 40, on January 31st. We are joined by some very special guests today, but before we begin... Hi, I'm Liv. I use she/her pronouns, and you can find me everywhere on social media at uh, Lady Kira, but the I is an L, except for Blue Sky, which I'm just Kira on. So, uh, my brainworm of the week is um, it, it's not um, in it, it is Crimson Climb, the book, but like in a slash neg <laughs> way. But I I won't. I'll I'll do that in uh, Kessler Run Book Club. That's fine. Um, so I will pass the mic off to my co-host, who is also in my
1: house right now. Swag money. All right. Hello, everybody. <coughs> my name is Hayden. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at taika.ytd, on Twitter and Instagram at McuYTD, and on Hive, if we're still using that, as Lover 69 And my brain room of the week has been very simply Harrison Ford, because I've had to rewatch Blade Runner for one of my sci-fi classes. And when we were playing clips in the class... It's a three-hour seminar, by the way. So I got I got very, very distracted. I could only stare at him the entire time. So yeah, my, my brain has very simply just been Harrison Ford. And I think that's sufficient enough. Okay. So as I mentioned before, we have some very special guests today. So why don't we throw it off to the other duo that is in the same space?
2: Um, I'm Jay. My pronouns are he, him. Um, and do you want to what, introduce yourself? Sure,
1: sure. Um, <laughs>
3: I'm Aria. My pronouns are she, her.
2: You can find us on um, Enfys and Ember on
3: Twitter. Twitter.
2: That's it. Just Twitter. Just Twitter. Um, Unfortunately. And we actually, we had a little argument before we came on about what our brain was going to be because we both wanted the same one so um we had to we had to we had to uh, make some uh, uh adjustments but do you want to go ahead
3: yeah sure my brainworm is because i just finished reading escape from Vallow and i'm obsessed with everybody but especially Drigit. i don't know if that's how you pronounce her name i hope it is um yeah she's insane she's everything i'm her scarf her i'm like i'm going crazy um okay
2: and so and my brain worm was also drigget um, <laughs> um but you're
3: kind of going crazy. Well, I'll,
2: I'll i'll try to be i'll try to be different because i have the, i think all the same as Arya. um i'm going to say niv drendal i'm kind of i'm there's something about his cringe fail that just it enamors me i'm obsessed with him
4: oh <laughs> <laughs> God, i'm so glad i muted because i have i just made the worst cackle laugh i it was i love this i'm sorry it's not my turn but i love this
1: <laughs> all right why don't we shift it to our other special guest either one of you can go
5: i'm robin i use they them pronouns um and you can find me uh on twitter at Gellagrub Patrol. Um, that's a real deep cut to some old revenge of the Sith merchandise that like four people know about one of those people being Pablo Hidalgo. So, um, I'm also on, I believe I'm also on blue sky at the same name. Um, and then you can also follow my Spotify because it's really cool and I make cool playlists. Don't ask me what it's called. Oh,
0: what was that? I said it's true.
5: <laughs> oh yeah, I just wanted to hear you say it again. <laughs> um, but I, I couldn't tell you what that one's called. So if you if you find me on Twitter, you could just DM me and I'll send it to you. But um, my brainworm of the week, I thought about this really long because every time I hear you guys talk about your brainworms here, I just think about how much I want to do a brainworm. Um. So my brainworm of the week. To prep for this, I reread the kind of between arc of Afra from basically thirty to forty, and my brainworm. Nobody is ever gonna believe what I'm about to say, but my brainworm is the back of Co Ferris's head. <laughs> just, just for one, one single panel. Everyone else moved. I didn't. I'm still there. What are they up to? What are they doing? Are they okay, Alyssa? I'm looking at you while I say this.
4: Please. Uh, I mean, I could tell you, but what's the fun in that? Uh, no, I love. <laughs> Sorry, not to pull an Ethan. Ethan, if you hear this, I'm pulling in Ethan. Uh, but yeah, no, I love, I love Co, and we. Mm, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it.
5: I'm gonna worry about it every don't, day.
4: Don't worry about <laughs> it. It's fine. Co's no, Co's doing great. I think. I think Co oh. and Detta are doing just fine.
0: Co. Co um, has a hot hot girlfriend.
4: like they could't. yeah. Have... what more could they ask for? True. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Alyssa Wong. Um, I use they them. You can find me uh, on Twitter at crashwong, one word. Um, but I also have a website, crashwong.net. And other than that, I am just chill vibing in real life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm so excited to be here talking Dr. Afro with you. Oh, and I need a brain worm. Um, honestly, mine is also escaped from Vallow, and it is also a Dragon and Nip Um, But I sort of feel like that's cheating, so I'll give you a different one. Um, Right now, it's the High Republic Adventures by Daniel Jose Older uh, and Harvey Tollebauer um, and Nick Brokenshire, um, which has been incredible. Uh, three just came out. The I love the story that Daniel's telling. Um, seeing Nick and uh, Harvey work together on certain pages is incredible. Like the marriage of their artists is amazing, um, and also. Uh, because I'm a little creep, I got to read, um, scripts early. Uh, so I've read some scripts for stuff coming down the line, and I am so excited for it. Uh, you do not want to miss this. It's so good. It's so good.
1: (laughs) That makes me very excited, because I love the story that they're telling, too. And there was a little cameo from Mr. Nibbredow. Oh, spoilers. Sorry! (laughs) Um, well, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably read comic books. But I will send it off to Liv, who is taking point on this episode. So scary. Um, uh, anyways, so our
0: episode today is all about um the Afra overview. So it sadly came to an end. We love it so much, but we wanted to just dedicate an entire episode to it and all of the characters that we we love so much. so we we will start talking about uh issue 40 so if anyone has any prominent thoughts that they would like to discuss feel free
2: issue 40 good yes (laughs) (laughs) really really good i mean it i we both drove like 30 40, minutes,
3: like 40 to, minutes to
2: meet up and read it together like a
3: random target we were like in lot. a target Aww. parking lot
2: um and it was well worth it because we were both like going clinically insane um <laughs> as usual
3: um, <laughs> as usual i was there to stop jay from passing out at the wheel <laughs>
2: <laughs> that makes it sound like we were reading and driving, driving. we were parked don't worry <laughs> um but no i mean i i There was a triple zero and BT cameo. What more? What more could I ask for? (laughs) But yeah, it was wonderful. I really enjoyed it.
4: Oh, thank you. That is so sweet that you guys actually met up to do that. That is, that's incredible.
2: We, 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 have we met up for almost every, we have like two. We didn't meet up for almost every issue. We've met up to to read them together (laughs) because we have to to. we have to
4: (laughs) that is the sweetest thing i have ever heard that's so sweet oh my god wow i i am like i i seriously i mean i i don't doubt it i'm also kind of like i can't believe it like that that is amazing
2: it's just we don't even think about doing it anymore there's not even a question
4: (laughs)
0: sweet i just um i appreciated my girl boss girl bossing one last time hopefully not the last time i hope she returns to me one day but you know i just i love her and also the fact that you said polycule rights (laughs) in star wars that's crazy to me
4: I always say this, but I mean it every time, which is I can't believe they let me get away with that. <laughs> um, Real? Yeah. No, I, I honestly can't believe they let me get away with that. And I think, I think I was like, okay, I'm certain that I'm gonna be able to pull this off. Well, actually, I was never certain I was gonna be able to pull this off. But I think mm-hmm. when I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull this off. It was like, this is a long game for me. Mm-hmm. Um, God. When did I know? I think back in the late... Yeah! Yeah, I see you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely late 20s or so, when I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna do my very best to try and pull this off, and you see that hit in 31? Pretty mm-hmm. hard. And then the question is, is Africa gonna get her shit together uh, <laughs> long enough to like have an adult conversation about all of this stuff? And... Well, it's a miracle. We find out in in 40.
0: (laughs) I just, I feel like it's the most natural progression, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, I feel like if it was maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they would have been like, no, this is a love triangle. Who's after, who's Afra gonna pick? But no, that's not, that's not
1: cool. That's, she loves Afra has two hands.
3: So true. Yeah. Uh,
4: I'm really, I'm really happy with how everything (laughs) landed. Um, I feel like I should give other people the chance to talk about 40 as well. Um, But 40 in a lot of ways was kind of a surprise. Um, I had everything mapped out in like the last arc. Um, And then when I was writing 39, I was like, "Mm, no, this isn't right. Uh, let's, let's, let's free ball this. So I <laughs> ended completely throwing out my plan for 40, um, adjusting like half of 39, uh, to make it work and then trying something completely new for 40 because like the plan I had was that issue 40 would have been fine and it would have been good, but it didn't feel right the way this one did. Mm. So I'm glad people liked
0: it because I was really surprised. Robin, do you have any any thoughts about? Yes, I,
5: I I didn't want to talk over anyone. Um,
0: Feel sorry. free to um, we, we we do that on this podcast. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, it it was uh, for one. It was nice to see Afra um like actually win. because she she gets like small victories along the way so many times but like this is one of the first times that like she really did like finally do something right beyond just like for the current story it was like something right for her and something right for the other characters around her and so that's kind of something that like to be like totally honest at the end of 31 I think all of the numbers kind of bleed together. Um, But, like, it kind of felt like as that was wrapping, I was like, no, Afro, you messed it up again. But then, like, to see everything, like, okay, maybe she didn't. But, like, everything kind of come back together. Like, kind of that moment where you, I'm going to start rambling here. Someone stop me. But um, (laughs) kind of just that moment where, like, you're just like, please just stop and think for a second. And so it was like, it was nice to hear, finally stop and, think about what really mattered I guess which is something that she struggled with for so long all 40 plus the first volume of bazillion issues where she's just constantly not sure like what she really wants and what she thinks she wants and all this stuff so like again it was just really nice to see her finally win something for herself that wasn't just I made a lot of money or I got back at this person it was finally like a good win if that makes sense
4: that's incredibly that makes sense and that's incredibly sweet Um,
1: thank you (laughs) extremely rare Afra W but also sometimes a girl failure must boss
0: (laughs) she overcame her um, useless lesbian isms for one singular ish- issue, like she <laughs> en- embodies the, that sounds mean. Okay. I didn't mean it in a mean way, <laughs> just like, th- okay. Now I'm just going to stop talking actually.
4: <laughs> I mean, but I think you're right in the sense that like, for me, Aphra is this character who is like, she's very clever. She's very cutthroat, She's very fun on the outside, but inside there's just like this, deep well of like emotional avoidance and like hurt um and so it's like every time she has something good happen she's always looking for like okay but what's what's the hook what's the trick like if i say yes to this then what is that going to cost me down the line and often we see in this series what it'll cost her is emotional vulnerability and she's like i can't um So we see that happen in 31, where she fumbles so hard. (laughs) It was just a stack of L's. Like, it was rough. Um, But it's one of those things where it's like, you have what could be the best thing in the world, in the galaxy for you. And you couldn't say yes because, uh, well, because you fucked it up. But also because, like, saying yes opens yourself to the opportunity to have your heart broken um, it opens you up to uh, the chance of falling for somebody who is a little bit too much like you, who you can't trust. And so I think that especially in that last, um, probably from like the Spark Eternal on, but honestly, even way before that, you hit the very end and you see what it means to Safra to win. Um, and in 40, she's like, oh, what I thought were the win conditions for me, which is, Artifacts, money, schemes Like, get your stuff Get out, fuck everybody Those wind conditions don't matter to me anymore They're not the right ones And so she has to make that decision To Try to do something for her own Emotional growth for once
1: I just flipped through the issue Again, and when she finally gets The book, and she, like, yells On his name, and she turns around and she isn't There
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, we were open to that exact page. I was just about to talk about that because I remember we were when we were reading it. I, I when we got to that final um panel um where Afro says Sana, this could change everything. We I was like, oh my gosh, has Sana been there the whole time? This is so great. And then I turned the page and we just both went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No,
3: that was such a devastating moment. Oh. Also, <laughs> Alyssa,
0: while you were talking, I realized that cowboy like me. By Taylor Swift is very much an after song.
3: Oh, oh, it definitely is. Yeah, oh, it definitely. Is. <laughs> like oh the god. "Forever"
0: is the sweetest con at the end of forty.
4: Yeah. Oh my god, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> That's so good. I
0: just, I just think about Taylor Swift and Star Wars far too often, so this happens a lot. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um. I think that um, I'm forever writing about emotional uh, connection, like what it costs people to connect um, and the courage it takes to connect with other people, Um, which is something I think you see throughout like all of my work in general. But Afro is like very, very, very obviously about it. Um, And you kind of see like a, I was going to say foil, but almost like an inversion of that uh, with Lucky. Who is also someone who is like very fun on the outside and very charming, um, but is also like emotionally uh, like unavailable <laughs> for a lot of for a lot of the uh, series. And so throughout that, you see him reconnect and like be able to trust again, um, and like also take ownership of his like bad decisions and general shittiness, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> And he's getting married. <laughs>
0: Good for him. Good for when him.
4: When are we getting
2: the wedding one shot?
0: I was literally uh, just but, about to say those but, words.
2: <laughs> yeah, like when we we, when do we get to see Ko
5: in a suit. Oh when do we get to
4: see that. So cute. So cute. That would be really cute. Oh, can we all slowly
2: turn turn towards Arya to get her to draw that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
4: I think. I'm just surprised I was able to give people, like, the happily ever after for a lot of different characters. And, like, it's happily ever after, at least for the series. I personally am just like, I think you live happily ever after, personally. But but you know what I mean, right? It feels very rare to be able to be like, here's a whole entire romance. and And they end up together in a way that isn't, like, I don't know, devastating?
0: Backhanded, almost you know yeah
4: yeah Uh, don't 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 bury your gaze you know i don't know
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) when we got everybody like getting together well except for afro but in issue 31 like that was maybe like the happiest moment of my life i i think we we were like screaming it was like oh i remember just looking and ariel were like the first thing i saw from this series because it was jay started reading it before me and like we went to the store together and he bought issue 18
2: you remember that Uh
3: the cover (laughs) vividly, so i know what number it is but or i think it's that one right with the lucky and ariel like flashback yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. and i had it in my lap so i was just like opening the first few pages i was like whoa this is like really like interesting like I want to see what's going on with these guys I was like okay. what are these gay bitches <laughs> up to <laughs> yeah well, what are these what are, what are these gay disasters doing I remember
2: driving and all of a sudden Aria just goes dead silent and I'm like what's going on like are you okay and she's like mm-hmm. just reading the it's the scene of them
3: yeah it's like Ariel being like oh I'm thinking about our future and then like he's like oh tell me when I get back I was like wow emotionally devastated so I was so happy that they were able to like work through that it was like yes happy ending for my boys <laughs> in
4: retrospect uh it wasn't until like that issue had come out and it i was like at that point it was like probably like issue 25 or so had come out and i realized i was like oh god i've had that conversation with someone before like the hey I gotta go. <laughs> Conversation. Uh but that one had a happy ending too. Uh so but it's it's funny, all these things that uh you're just sort of subconsciously thinking about as you're working get built into like sort of the backbone of whatever you're working on. And not just comics, but everything. So um I love I love Lucky, I love Ariel, and I'm glad that you love them too. <laughs>
0: don't be like lucky <laughs> don't you do <it. laughs> oh so I guess we can pivot towards talking about specific characters we did talk on Afra a little bit already and the emotional growth that she went through in in this series which is just amazing because I I don't know I feel like the first one it was just her being a girl failures yeah (laughs) but this one kind of like expanded upon her her personal life a little bit more Uh, but if anyone else has some extra thoughts feel free to pipe in
2: i love this is kind of talking about multiple characters but i love um how this series brings in um like ko for example someone from Afra's past and kind of shows what Afra k- does to people.
3: Eustacia.
2: Eustacia, yeah, exactly. Um, because it that's such a great way to see uh, how a character's how their actions actually have long-reaching effects and how Co they were so like they were kind of quiet and timid in the flashbacks in University of um, Barleth, but then they. After their like one or like they're very like brief experiences with Afra just left a permanent mark and scar on their life that turned them into this dramatic villain. villain.
5: <laughs> 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 um,
2: and I love that because that's such a that's such an Afra thing, and that's also what just like kind of bouncing around. That's what makes Lucky so fun as well, is because he has been around Afro for so long and he kind of stays consistent. Like he isn't like he kind of just like Co really took took betrayal to heart and that really hurt them and as it should. <laughs> but Lucky Lucky is just kind of like he's just like, you know what, this is this is what we do. And I, I think that's re- that's really fun to kind of have both of those perspectives of and have that that lucky perspective of like this is just what we're doing, this is just our relationship, and I just have to know that, and even at the very end, like, we have all these happy endings, and they're all talking at the end, but I still, they, uh, Afra, I think, still might betray Lucky (laughs) at any second, Um, um, whereas, like, with Ko, it's much more of a, this, this betrayal, like, really broke, like, really hurt them, and really left a mark, and I think it's, it's so great that we get, oh, since this series is 40 issues, we get all those different perspectives and get to see how those perspectives interact i think that's super awesome
4: thank you that's so nice <laughs> um there's a there's a scene i love Co as as you all know uh and there's a scene in i think 20 um where they're uh duking out with afra over the spark eternal um and there's a point where like Weapons are gone, and they're just punching each other, and that is about, like, that scene is about, like, friendship and betrayal and all of those bitter, bitter feelings. It's like, they yes, they are fist fighting, but it's not even really about that, you know? It is about, it's about this poisoned well of friendship, um, and what it's done to both of them. So, that is one of my favorite scenes <laughs> in this, in this run, um. And it's something I think about, um, some of the best, uh, fight, the best advice I've gotten about fight scenes in comics is from Ray Anthony height, um, who drew, uh, part of six and also 10. Um, and we were talking about fight scenes and he was like, it doesn't matter who wins. Like, it's not about the punching. It's not about like which character is stronger. What matters is that a fight scene is a journey. Um, and it's a character opportunity. It's a character moment. So it doesn't matter like who's stronger, Batman or Superman. What matters is what is the story you're trying to tell now and what what does that emotional character moment mean and what can it tell you as you're moving through the story? Uh, at least I hope that's what he said <laughs>
5: <laughs> that is so cool to think like to think about like from, I don't really know where I was going to go with this, but like as someone who like kind of did a little bit of writing myself, I'm not plugging anything. Don't worry. Um, But just someone who like is constantly trying to find ways to improve. Like it's so cool to hear things that you think are complex. Like you think about fights and you think about how it has to look and how, it, or I guess how people have to visualize it, how it's described, but it's just like so cool to know that like none of that matters if it doesn't like oh my gosh um give me like 2 seconds to figure this out none of that matters if the characters aren't like going through not like a physical trial but like a mental trial a trial of ar- their art and i'm also trying just trying so hard not to talk about co because i'm gonna follow the agenda i promise but like it's you don't up. have get, to
1: it's just I a suggestion up. trust me
5: okay hello everyone welcome to the co Ferris podcast uh i am <laughs> i am i am joined today by so many beautiful amazing people but yeah i it's to bring it back to afro don't worry um yeah it's just so cool to because so many of the other characters in Afra are like long-term, I guess, in the context of this the this like volume itself, they're like long-term acquaintances of her, like Lucky. Um, so like you had said, Alyssa, like Lucky is just used to it. That's just the way it is. But to have someone who knew Afra for such a short amount of time, you kind of see that difference. And how I guess like the way you can kinda of, no never mind. I'm not gonna go there. But yes. To conclude, yes.
3: <laughs>
5: no, yeah. It's just it's just very nice to hear those kind of like insights about the story, but like how you can have two com how you can have two people related to Afra interpret the way that she acts in two completely different ways. Not none to- of that made sense but I'm so glad you all listened to me say it.
1: It does. I promise. <laughs> it
5: made total
2: sense. I was... Yes. Go ahead, Hayden. Go ahead.
1: Um, All of Aphra's fight scenes are very, very personal. And she is always the person who kind of runs away from things. So to have her be, like, involved in a fight, like the fight in, like, the beginning of the Spark Eternal, I guess, mega arc, I guess we could call it, <laughs> is very, very telling of, you know, the... The kind of state she's in, and yeah, the somebody somebody else talking
2: <laughs> I was gonna not to bring up, you know who I'm about to bring up, triple zero VT, but <laughs> to bring yes. up up. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, I forgot to put I, them on the agenda.
2: <laughs> I I did notice that I wasn't gonna say anything, but I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I'll add them
1: posthumously. <laughs>
2: um, I think they're kind of another good example of the effect afra has on people um just cuz like they they're pretty what's fun about those characters is they're pretty consistent um they go through ups and downs but they their their motivation is always we love bloodshed <laughs> and um occasionally it's uh oh my friend is hurt i want to go help my friend but what i think is interesting is when they're with afra they're often forced to um do things that that like they don't care about and like and that's kind of a a, since they're droids it's 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 often more technical like oh there's a uh what are they called restraining bolt something like that but I think it's an interesting like almost um lens to look through all other characters of um when people are around Aphra, when they work with her, when they um go on missions with her, they they're they're either manipulated or forced into to having things go her way and even when um afra plants the the virus in trip and bt um to uh to to oh, what did it do it did the spark right yeah
3: it let her take control of the spark yes to control the spark like
2: i think that's not only is that a a fun um beat of her fighting against the spark i think that's an awesome like almost a uh, metaphor for her relationship with people she she sometimes, like, especially earlier on in the series, I think it changes as it goes on, but she plants viruses in people of, <laughs> of like, of, of, of um pain and um betrayal and that stuff, so I, I had to figure out a way to bring them up somehow.
3: <laughs> the, like, planting viruses imagery is interesting because, like, in addition to the pain and betrayal, she also has a lot of people who inexplicably like love her like Sana who's like you know you're like terrible for me but like I love you so I have to keep coming back and like helping you out even though maybe like I shouldn't be I just think that's really interesting
4: I think there's this hope too that sometimes you date someone and you're like yeah I mean you're you're fun and you're not there are some things about you that are not great but Maybe, maybe you'll maybe you'll get your shit together. Like maybe I can fix you. That never works. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Um, many of us have made that mistake. Um, but when um, you
0: wear rose-colored glasses, red flags just look like flags.
4: True. <laughs> <It is laughs> very true. Um, an Afro is basically a a person-shaped red flag. Um, yeah. <laughs> and. I mean, and I think that's that's an important lesson that Sana learned, too, um, which is that she's like, I I love you. Like, I've known you forever. Um, I know what you are. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but I, I know also that I deserve better than this. Um, and that's a big movement of 31. Um, mm-hmm. Because you have this, like, very slow burn romance. I can't believe I wrote a slow burn romance. That's the wildest part of all this. <laughs> um you have the slow burn romance for god like at this point it's like 33 issues total i think like it's a long 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 slow burn but like i like that that gives us time with sana where she can figure out her feelings as well um where she's like i hate you and she's like i don't really know if that's exactly it and then she's like oh but i do love her and maybe i always have and then the last, the last movement is her being like, "But that's not enough," um, and I think that's very true of life. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's just never enough. Which, wow, sounds like a downer, <laughs> but it's an important lesson. It's the truth.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: Uh don't 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 hook up with someone who's who's gonna steal all your stuff and stab you in the back. Just don't do it. <laughs> free free life advice. Very good life
0: advice.
2: So far we have drink water and don't hook up with someone who is gonna steal all your stuff. I think that's a good list so far.
0: <laughs> the only two things really you good. need to know in life.
5: <laughs> exactly.
0: God. Uh, did we talk about Magna yet? No, not yet. Okay. Not yet.
5: Liv, do you want to talk about Magna?
1: She's, She's very beautiful to me. <laughs> I am love her. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but speaking of Magna, I remember when she came back, I'm forgetting which issue it was, when she came back, I had, like, just either I was finishing my reread or I was on a reread of Volume 1. And I was to the arc where Tolvan is, like, still in the Imperial Navy. I don't know. She's she's intelligence or something. And it's her and Afra, And they, they fall asleep in, like, a cave. And then there's an explosion. And then they all get, like, shot out of the cave or something. I don't know. It's been a while. But anyway, when she came back, that was my no way home. Of Star Wars comics. I remember because <laughs> I I read it from the comic book store. People were tweeting like, oh my God, this character came back in, or like Redacted came back in Afro, whatever. I was like, I got to see this. I got to see this. So I went home. I read the issue. And I like, I literally jumped up out of my chair and screamed. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally like Oprah Gif level screaming. <laughs> but I adore Tolvin. And I adore afra and tolbin's relationship do you think you maybe just have a thing for cyborgs
0: oh. well <laughs> not to call you out but no comment but anyway <laughs> uh, is this a podcast
5: or an intervention
0: uh, she's wearing her valence diagram shirt just yeah. for reference for the wow. listeners i'm
1: wearing a valence diagram shirt <laughs> <But anyway. laughs> God damn
0: it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it it's I'm fine. Sorry.
1: It's fine. But anyway, I love her reintroduction back into the series and back into Africa's world because she knows, like, the stance she's in in the pa- on the page when she's revealed to be coming back, like, she just knows she's up to some fuck shit, okay? She knows she's about to be absolutely destroyed, and she's ready for it. And I love her for that.
2: I think that was, was that the first uh, pass out incident when Magna showed up? <laughs>
3: That, maybe i think it was that was a crazy issue like we had a lot of comebacks that issue that was like a full for like... one panel
2: think about it her all the beautiful. time
3: Did you say, is She already?
2: what was she doing on tatooine okay sorry <laughs>
3: um
2: yeah that it's... was that was a that those like last two pages are like seared into my memory of yeah. getting the crew back together. Eustacia. We
3: got Detta. Detta. My high girl.
5: <laughs> but, but
3: Detta has no fans. I'm no longer on this earth. <laughs>
5: For real.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a that was a I really and Corin. Corin. Uh, that was an incredible one.
1: Yeah. We call him Dadfra.
5: Dadfra, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's so funny because I was very late to like the Star Wars comics game. I read were the bounty hunters, and then I dropped off again, but I kind of came back with Afra. But where I like one of the first things that I read, like I went out of my way to say, okay, I've got to read these Star Wars comics because like everyone's talking about them, they're so good. So I saw the Bush issue on the show and I was like no way that's so cool like
1: good issue
5: I've always wondered where you know that whole thing with Leia came from um I didn't find that out but I did get to know who (laughs) Boosh actually is um and
1: Age of Rebellion Lando Calrissian and Leia's um Age of Rebellion issue too they're both very good issues but anyway sorry
5: (laughs) adding them to the reading list thank you so much that's going to change by the time this gets posted. I will know how Leia beat Bush <laughs> up. If that actually happened, but until then, that's what happened. But I remember I met Magna in Boosh and I was like, wow, she is so cool. And like to see this very like corporate side to the criminal underworld, not like, you know, like the huts and all of that, like a more like, quote unquote refined side more like what i saw with like crimson dawn and solo solo reference i got it in um but to see magna i was like oh she is so cool like i wonder what's gonna happen with her um come to find out i i thought that bush was her first issue i was like wow what a cool character to introduce in this you know one shot um and then i read afra and i was like oh my god and I, I read, I, I think after Magna showed up, I think I blew through like 15 issues and I don't even know how long it was, but it was so fast. As soon as Magna showed up, I was like, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. And then I like, yeah. I just, I just think it's, I every time I think about it, just like, I can't believe I thought Magna showed up for the first time in Boosh.
3: <laughs> well,
4: I mean- I, I have a lot of fun. I love bringing back characters who, um, like from previous runs, we got to bring back a lot of, like, all the tags are like legends characters. Um, yeah. And,
1: Sorry, you know <laughs> me. Volume one enjoyer.
4: <laughs> I mean, and the tag family is really fun. I, again, I'm honestly so glad that they let me bring back the tags uh, because I love awful, evil corporate. Stories. I love that stuff so much.
1: They um, are so messy and I am still campaigning for a tag session.
4: I would love to write tag <laughs> session. I was thinking about it the other day. Like I was like, I really want to write a, a Domina Tag story. Like I please, want to write.
0: Please, please, please. I will get down yes. on my knees right here, right now.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, she's she's great and she's ruthless. And I think that it's really nice to get to write like mean women. I love writing mean women. She's the best.
1: <laughs> mean, mean women supremacy. Born born unknown BBY um no, died unknown BBY born 1980 something. Welcome back Shiv Roy. Or no, welcome back Dominic Tag and Shiv Roy.
4: Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's again, that's a family story. Um that is about it's about legacy. It's about, um, you know, what it means to be the youngest daughter in a family full of very loud, very opinionated men. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, she's she's so powerful. And I think she's powerful in part because she's like, I won't be stopped. Like you can try, but I, I I'm not accepting defeat. and I never will. And I think I can see one, I can see how that could be really attractive. Um, two, <laughs> so Afra, you know, oops. Uh, <laughs> two, um, it's pretty well established in volume one that that's something that Afra is extremely
1: into, so <laughs> it's super. Down. It's true, I'm thinking about that one edited panel right now.
4: I- uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. The- What does
0: she actually say it's like yeah yes ma'am yes yes ma'am but leah edited it to be yes mommy
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god
1: like we know she's a useless bottom but come on
4: oh my god i mean volume one is like she's really into role play with with tolvan and i'm just like okay like we can run with this sure let's go (laughs) let's do it every
0: every time we bring up domina when you're on this podcast i'm so sorry i'm so sorry (gasps) if it comes out of our mouths it's
4: all good it's all good it's all good
0: (laughs) but anyways to be um less horny on Maine, um (laughs) when you were talking about how she's the youngest daughter trying to kind of like Prove herself like that also reminded me of the solo novelization epilogue when (laughs) and when Enfys Nest is talking to little baby Jin Erso and she says um they're going to underestimate you because you're young let them that Mm -hmm. just it's it's also a very domina thing but in like a evil way which
4: I love (laughs) yeah I, I love that kind of stuff I I think uh, you can see it in some of the other stuff I've written. Uh, <laughs> Escape from Valo. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's such a big part of, like, a lot of us who are, like are AFAB and grew up as like young women, TM. Um, <laughs> and it's like if you, especially if you look young and if you look like a young woman, you're gonna be, you're gonna be underestimated. Um, mm-hmm. And so I love that. And says that? That's great. So does that
2: mean we can talk about the uh, Driget and Domina parallels, or?
4: <laughs>
2: oh my god! I rain. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. <laughs> there's, there's something there. There, there's a parallel there. <laughs> Friends in another life, or enemies?
3: Oh. <laughs> Maybe enemies.
2: <laughs>
4: uh, I feel like I feel like Driget needs a mentor. You know, like. And and I think the thing with mentors is uh depending on what your mentor is like, things can really skew one way or the other, uh, healthy or unhealthy. So I love that. I'm trying to think if there's anything like that in Afro. Um, it's like garbage teacher, for sure. <laughs> um But yeah, well I guess co ends up kind of being the archivist's uh apprentice. Um and I think tying into a lot of the big crossover stuff that like all the other Marvel comics were doing, um, Charles and Ethan and Greg and Mark Guggenheim. I mean, that's a challenge in and of itself, but the best part is that you get to pull from what everybody else is doing and like try to create something that feels much richer for it. Um, like, uh, Charles was like, Hey, can I borrow Cove for a couple of issues? Um, and I was like, "Yes, but that also means that I was losing Co for a couple of issues because all of these issues were coming out at the same time, and they were like, "You know, I feel like time locked is the wrong word. But um, they're all running on the same timeline, which meant that Co had to disappear from Afra at a certain point so that they could show up in, say, crimson rain, I think. Um, mm-hmm. yes. So um, and that made for really interesting storytelling opportunities. Um, I think at that point, um, it's the Fast and Furious X's. is how I pitched that out. Um, where it's a bunch of Afro's exes and, like, ex-friends, and also her dad, uh, going to try to rescue her, and, like, it's a heist, except that she is what they're trying to heist, um, and so they get to a certain point, um, and they confront the Spark Eternal, um, who says something to Ko, and then Ko's like, I'm not helping you anymore, I'm leaving, I have to go. And so they left, uh, for the main crossover line, um, and then, like, what that meant was that I got to tie back into like what was going on with like Kira and her plan, um, through little cutaways with Co, um, when they were off doing their own thing, um, and then I got to bring them back. So these kinds of moments are really hard to orchestrate without also working together with everybody else who's like building story at the same time. So, and I think it just makes if you if you really nail it, it makes everything, not only your stuff but everybody else's feel that much more satisfying and like textured and rich.
2: That brings up something I that we we could theorize about. What do we think the spark said to co? I'm still like that still I I'm, I'm so Alyssa you probably know <laughs> but, um if I I still like am like I, I really wonder what got code to make such a drastic that's so like fascinating to me I love that part I think that's such and it was such a great storytelling device to have it be um unheard like I, I love that
4: thank you I was gonna say what do you guys think it was
2: Ooh. we talked about this a lot
3: yeah,
2: but I don't remember. <laughs> I know.
3: Genuinely.
2: Real. I think one of our theories was just about just the. I feel like it's something more emotional th- than this, but the like the pursuit of knowledge with the archivist. Mm. But I feel like it it has to be something.
3: Go check out deeper.
2: the Hermodic Cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but I feel like it has to be something more, um, emotionally resonant mm. for Co. Just because of how they 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 didn't. They didn't even say like let's I'll, I'll finish this then i'm on my way like it was a, it
3: was a oh, freeze I
2: and turn the other direction
0: Alyssa, I, your eyes look like they're full of knowledge they <laughs> are full of they are full
4: of knowledge but i feel like if i tell you then it won't be as fun but what i will say is um <laughs> The lines before that, I think I'm like flashing back to this because I, I wrote this a hot minute ago <laughs> um, but I think what happens is Ko is fighting the Spark and um, instead of killing them the Spark says, but first a gift and then whispers something that we don't hear and then they leave and that's when Ko's like, I'm going so whatever it was it was definitely a gift of some sort and it was something special enough to co whether because the actual like whether it's because of the actual content of the message or like the thing that they were communicating was or because it was because it was a gift and because it was meant just for them i think that's another piece of that motivator and it's like i know what the, i i know it was said but i'm never going to tell you <laughs> Hayden don't look at me like that Uh, because it's so much more fun if like it's so much more fun if like you have your own idea of like what we said for those reasons like like Jay and Arya, you guys were talking about what you think might have been said and why and I think that's really interesting um so that's the actual reason I am I'm keeping it a secret um sorry
2: guys. We we just, we just
4: it's all your fault. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not, it's not your secret It's it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It is my fault because I I always love asking that question, which is what do you think? Um <laughs> sorry, that was rude.
0: <laughs> Wait, now I want I kind of want to know what Robin thinks because I know Robin is a certified co-enjoyer, so not to put you on the spot, but, like, you know.
5: <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> you see, my initial theory was, like, really similar to Jay and Aurea's. But now that they've said it, I feel like I have to change it.
3: <laughs> you don't have Yeah, to. thanks for
5: taking that from me. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you know, maybe the spark just gave them the gift of foresight and they were like you gotta go do this and then you'll get a hot girlfriend and Co yeah. was like fine by me
3: <laughs> but bye I,
5: I, I want to believe that kind of at this you said you wrote it a hot minute ago I read it a hot minute ago I didn't read that far back, unfortunately. Um, But I do want to think that at kind of the, at least the emotional height of Ko's pursuit of like this knowledge of the eternal and all this, uh, I want to think that maybe the spark said something that made them realize that none of that was as important as finding, you know, Friendship and family within Afra, even though she has been ruining Ko's life, you know, like maybe Afra and Afra's friends is what they need. And so I want to think it was something like that. Like, no matter what you think you want, it's not like I guess to kind of summarize what I think they realized at least was no matter how much you think you need this and you want this, that this being knowledge, it's nothing compared to what you actually need, which is, you know, family and love and a hot girlfriend. And <laughs> they, they get to keep the cool magnet claws, but they also get a hot girlfriend and friends and family. And I think that that kind of, I guess, community and foundation like very rock solid relationship is kind of something that co needed and so to think that co realized that you know that that, that's what i that's what i like i like to think that's what it helps me sleep at night
2: i also think i think there's something interesting like i really like that theory because there's also i think the next time we see co we might see them right in between but i think one of the next times we see them is when they're contacting Detta. It's the the ketta Joker hologram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I think there's something interesting there that like when Ko was separated from these people they thought they hated, that they rightfully do hate, but when they were separated from them, they they realized they missed it and they missed Detta. Um and they missed that connection that they that they weren't exactly like Cause before that it was pretty there wasn't any Co. wasn't making any huge moves and neither was Detta. So I think there that's something interesting that, that 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 the the spark separating them from everyone else for to go work with the archivist led to them realizing what maybe what they need. Um kind of sort of adjacent kind of similar to what Afro goes through over the series. So I think that's that's interesting.
5: Yes, and I, I'm sure I can just chalk this up to like, kind of a difference in writing style between Alyssa and Charles, but it almost feels like between co leaving Afra, and co showing up in Crimson Rain, something, is different. It, it it's again like it's probably just Charles writes a little different from Alyssa, but I'm gonna think that it's because the spark said something that really changed Co. in a way that yeah. You you guys get what I mean. You guys get what I mean. But yeah. I love
4: Delusional, that. Yes. <laughs> but yes, hopeful, yes or no. Also yes. I I love that. I it's funny, it's really surreal to watch somebody else write your characters. It's it's wild. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I love how, I love how Charles writes co and I, I agree. I do think they feel different in, in Crimson Rain, Yes. But also the next time we check in with them, um, with the very awkward voicemail to Dada. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep it together. <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah, I think, Bernal. but yeah, and we, we get to see that kind of growth, uh, that you talked about, which I really like.
5: Um, yeah, and oh, sorry.
4: Oh no, no, no! Keep going.
5: Oh, uh, I think a lot of, like like you mentioned like literally a second ago that even when Co comes back to Afra and something's different, I think they definitely seem not the entire time, but some of the time they seem a lot happier. I guess which could be because they're with Detta and you know all that, but when we meet Co in Afro for the first time, they're you know dramatic theater kid villain. They're like and I just keep thinking about the beginning of the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, whenever they're they got Star Lord cornered. And they're like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Star Lord. He's like, who that that's kind of I keep thinking about that every time I think of like Aphra's like, who are you? And Ko's like, ko ferris your nemesis. (laughs) And Aphra's like, who are you? And, you know, whenever we, again, when we go back to Ko uh, with their time at, you know, in school with Aphra, they're very, you know, awkward and they're, you know, an anxious little wet dog the entire (laughs) time. But Then after, you know, Afra stabs them in the back and they go a little off the rail, they like genuinely like freaky, like they are off the rails, but then they kind of go off and just after that sparks something in just the way they, it seems their attitude and the way they hold themselves has really shifted in a way that they're, I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm trying to rationalize it with. They're very real to me, but drawings and letters on a page, but something about the way that they're written and the way that they're drawn, even though they're drawn almost the exact same way, something about them seems like they're holding themselves more comfortably, even though, you know, like a few days ago, they were trying to kill everybody. But now they're like, once they join up with, you know, the heist crew that's going to go get Afra, they they feel bad because they kind of screwed everything up but at the same time they want to do what's right and they feel comfortable doing what's right with the people that they're with yeah there's me rationalizing that change I was talking about in case I rambled too long but like that's yeah that's that's what I meant kind of by that change oh I
4: love that uh, it's funny, I was thinking about Keta, and, um, one, obviously I'm a Keta-truther, I mean, it's canon, so, uh, but- You- you <laughs> created them! <laughs> I, I- yeah, but- but, you, you know. You
5: truthed it so hard, it became canon.
4: <laughs> okay, okay, well, when you put it like that. But, I was thinking the other day about how many characters were supposed to die in the series, and they just didn't. Um, and it's so many. Ko and Detta are two where I was like I was expecting Ko to be like a one arc villain who gets defeated and then like they're like I guess we'll move on to the next arc villain but like I I wrote them for like a, an issue and a half and I was like this is my precious baby I'll never let you go uh, <laughs> Detta was supposed to die um, in the first arc um, oh yeah no Arya it's okay <laughs> Arya just <laughs> fell to on her one.
1: knees <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm so glad she did it. <laughs> no me too. That was a suggestion and I was like no, I'm keeping this girl alive. She's great. Um I I wasn't planning on killing Lucky, but I'm honestly su- surprised he survived this long. Um <laughs> He was no, okay. But Lucky was actually supposed to be like end game like crew, you know? Like an end game friend. Um with like really weird uh like rivalry, fun backstabbing stuff. Um Ariel was supposed to show up for uh, a couple pages for the first time, and then maybe one more time for a couple pages, and that was it. Um, I didn't know that he'd be a huge part of the story, and I certainly didn't know that they were gonna get hitched at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all of Bash's crew was supposed to die, all of them. Like Domino was supposed to kill them all. Oh,
1: Jacob's gonna uh, be so mad. <laughs>
4: Well no, but don't be mad, because like they're okay.
5: <laughs> they're wait, fine. wait, 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 wait. Have I been pronouncing Bausch wrong this entire time?
4: No, so nobody knows is the thing. Like, nobody, nobody has knows. any idea. Okay. Okay, I was gonna
3: too. I was we, gonna... we also say Boosh,
2: yeah. I still say Valencia. I was
3: Oh, <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah, yeah, my gosh, that the land scared creepers.
1: me. <laughs>
2: Sorry to say that Sorry. in front of you, Hayden.
1: Wait, what? I didn't even hear. What? I still say like...
2: Valance.
1: Boom! I'm throwing tomatoes at you through my screen. Valance, please! It just all over my computer.
4: <laughs> oh, here's a fun one who is, like, people who are supposed to die. Um, The Ronin Tags Goons. Um... Those guys who show up as like the stooges in the first arc uh, show up at the very end. Like, they show up in 39 and they make it all the way through the series. But, like, they were supposed to be the disposable goons. I named them after my friends. <laughs> I was like, I hope you don't mind. You're definitely going to die. And they were like, Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and here we are years later. And they're like, What do you mean they're still alive? They're still kicking. <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> So yeah, there are a lot of people in Afra who were supposed to kick the bucket but did not and um, I have a very hard time killing characters I'm emotionally attached to um and uh I'm glad I kept them around. uh, I also speaking of characters that were not supposed to die but did. um, I didn't mean to kill Afra, uh, but she but she beefed it and uh now she's back so. <laughs> Um, was
2: Ronin always Ronin Tag? Was he always meant to die?
4: Ronin Tag was supposed to die in issue 5 um, but he made it all the way to like what issue like 29 or something I and good for him die.
0: Oh wait it's I think sucks. that was issue 28 because that was like my no way home. I I love that issue like I freaking love that issue that's like the Domina like Afra is like not even in it at all basically it's just Domina made for me okay that's it
4: (laughs) so good uh I've talked about that issue a couple of times um in craft like related ways um I think I had something like nine different groups of people I think I had like 14 or 15 characters and like anywhere from seven to nine different groups of people I had to maneuver around in 20 pages while making it feel like it wasn't overcrowded so I charted it out I like made a chart color-coded everyone's names I drew out the pages and I was like this is how like this is who is on what page at any given time so like that was it was very complicated but I'm really glad that it came together because it sounds like you liked it <laughs>
3: <laughs> just a little
1: <laughs> if you want to talk about co go for it <laughs> okay hi
5: um welcome back once again to the co Ferris podcast um <laughs> Oh my god, Ko, buckle up everyone. (laughs) Ko is my favorite Star Wars character, like easily. I know that for those of you that do already like follow me or whatever on Twitter, I really like Shin Hati, but she is nowhere close, like not even close to touching Ko. To the point where like sometimes I forget that Co is like my favorite because like I've just become so attached to them that they just like the first thing I think of when Star Wars comes to mind is Ko and to explain why welcome to my ted talk um it was really funny because as i was getting into star wars comics like i said i started with for the bounty hunters like so many other people and that was so much fun you know getting to actually like be a part of a near constant star wars discussion but it was actually jay and aria that posted the picture of Co shrugging from i believe it was one of the crimson rain issues and embarrassingly i do apologize i did misgender them and i said oh my gosh who is she i'm so sorry um and they very politely corrected me and i think something clicked because this was kind of like after I had like kind of gone through a lot of personal stuff, figuring out who I was, but like some, like a little light bulb went off whenever Jay and Arya corrected me and said, oh, they actually used they, them. And from there, I was like, I need to know who this is. And so from there, I like looked into it. I kept kind of like going back a little bit. And I eventually just said, okay, I'm going to read all of Alyssa Wong's Afro. And so I did. And I met Ko. Thank you for not killing them. Thank you so much. Because like... At first they're like just this silly villain that shows up for a couple issues but there are little tiny moments of co where there's there's so much more to co than just I'm here to be the scary villain that Afra needs to get this artifact from and like I believe, I don't remember exactly what issue it is. It is my wallpaper. This one panel is my wallpaper, and it has been for ever since I read that issue. It's Co finishes talking to I believe the archivist through a hologram, and they start to talk about the Spark Eternal, and they mention um, again. I don't remember the exact wording of it, except for this one panel. But they say something along the lines of the Spark Eternal can give you anything you've ever wanted. Something, something, something. And then Ko smiles at their droid and says, who wouldn't want that? And so that's when, like, as I'm reading, I start to realize, like, oh, there's, like, something to this character. And so, like, just immediately obsessed with Ko, read everything they were in. And I was just, like, so attached. Like, we are, like, conjoined at the hip by now. You can't see them. They're there. But they are, like, attached at the hip to me. We are the same person. Oh my gosh, just absolutely insane front of events a year ago. I was like trying my best to make friends on Star Wars Twitter, which is a very scary place. Not because the people are bad. It's just there are so many people talking about so many things with so much going on. As I was like reading, you know, the Kira trilogy and Liv loves Kira. And I was like, this is someone that I can talk about. You know, the comics that I'm reading with, you know, we hit it off besties out of the blue at the beginning of star or right before star wars celebration i was like live crazy idea if i wrote something to Alyssa, could you give it to them and like instantly she said absolutely so i wrote a letter the contents of that letter will stay between the three of us live only knows because i asked her to spell check it because i was gonna be i was gonna be so embarrassed if i spelled something wrong but the contents of that will stay between us after that interaction that we had, even though Alyssa, it was only over Twitter DM, like getting to just share my love for this character and then to have that love be so validated was just, it, it means so much to me and makes me like really appreciate just what the character is. You know, the, for me, Ko was the first non-binary character that I had met in Star Wars. I I hadn't gotten around to higher public where Tarek and Sarah, it's been so long since i read it. I think that's their names. I hadn't met them yet, so I didn't really know. So, I, you know, like, Poe was the first for me. And kind of because of that, like, they are just that important to me. And to see, you know, their character arc go from, you know, one-off villain that stuck around because the writer, you know, fell in love with them just as much as I did, uh, to see that character just kind of gradually become more over time just really means a lot. And like to see, you know, little sprinkles of their backstory and like the mystery of it does to go back to what we were talking about, like with what the the spark said to them, like the fact that nothing is really fact yet for Ko's backstory really allows me to, you know, take those short panels where Ko is trying to correct the person at the desk about their Imperial ID. You know, that's immediately something that I related to, like having to correct someone about just little things that aren't quite the same of who you really are. But just these little sprinkles of, I guess, like the most relatable I have ever felt towards Ko during those little Academy flashbacks, especially now that I have gone off to college you know like they're in college I'm in college that's crazy but also like to be in a new place where you aren't entirely you're, you're trying to be confident in yourself even though you're not necessarily again just like so important to me and to see them by the end of uh 31 you know but to see them go through so much hardship uh, most of those hardships being with relationships and the people that they thought were their friends and loved ones, but to see them ultimately win just is so important to me and I'm sure other people, but also they got a hot girlfriend and that means maybe I will get a hot girlfriend. <laughs> so we'll see about that. So I'll let somebody of... else talk, but if you guys want me to talk more about Ko, I would love to talk about Ko.
4: <laughs> That's so kind. I, I'm really glad that I got the chance to write co and again it was one of those things where I've worked places where ostensibly diversity is really important but the truth is you are so locked down in what you can and can't do you know for business reasons and I think with Star Wars I was worried that it was going to be the same because it's literally been everything else so I was like can I write can I write an explicitly trans non-binary character Because that is something that's very important to me for probably very obvious reasons. And also Um, because I was like, if I'm hungry and no one's making me food, then I'm going to make my own food. Maybe other people want to eat it too. But I am tired. (laughs) I am tired. And I really want this to happen. So I'm going to make it happen. And Lucasfilm was super super supportive. um, And that was great. So the fact that I got to write co and in doing so like heal some other things that were going on in my life too because like a lot of those scenes are also very relatable um to me. I'm just happy that I got to do them because they're a delight. I just love them.
5: <laughs> yeah and I think co yeah. is kind of just like the perfect representation of how even the littlest things like co for those few issues they were in, they were essentially nothing. Not not to say they are nothing. I just went on a rant forever about how they are the opposite of nothing. But to have these characters that show up, I think on their Wikipedia, they have their list of appearances like nowhere near any of these other like super important characters that you see all these people like, oh, this character is important to me. Still somehow Co and their still double digit appearance number has been a because I'm not the only one who has, you know, felt this pull towards Ko. It's just such a testament to how the tiny things can go so far. Did you think that Ko would be what they are? Not in the story, but to the people that, you know, love them so much?
4: I don't know. is a character that I wrote for me, you know? Um, And I think that everything you write should also be for you because that's part of what, like, I think you can tell. Like, that's part of what makes it feel real. Um, and so I wrote Co because I was like, this is a character who I think is really fun, who I really like, and that means a lot to me. And I am honestly incredibly blown away by how much other people have loved them, because this always happens to me. I'm always like, here's a character that I love, who's my special baby, but nobody else is ever going to like them. And I feel like I'm wrong every single time. Uh, and Ko is definitely one of those characters for me, and I've been incredibly touched and incredibly honored to see so many people be like, I love this character, uh, they mean everything to me. Some people are like, I didn't know what non-binary was, or that people could be non-binary, and that's how I realized that I was non-binary, and I'm like, that is wild. Like, you can never really predict these things, um... And for me, it's always like, if I can do this, then that is hopefully enough. Hopefully enough for me. But I think as Afra has like progressed and as I've seen like this community grow around Afra, I've had to be like, no, people are really reading this. And it really means a lot to them. Daniel and I have been talking about this, but part of responsibility is being like, is acknowledging that and being like, oh, you you have like you're making, you're making an impact and that's terrifying. Um, so the lo- long story short, I, I'm incredibly touched and honored every time someone's like this character means a lot to me, whether that's Co or anybody else, but I think especially Ko, because like I never had non-binary characters growing up. Um, And I think if I had my life would, I probably would figured out a lot of things faster <laughs> um, and I would have felt more comfortable in my skin much much earlier so getting to give that to people is really special
5: yeah thank you for that if kofan ferris has no fans i am dead if ko dies i die with them <laughs> as soon as i read that panel i will just fall over dead that's it that is it my life force will just instantly gone. <laughs> but it's yeah and it, it it's it's something that's For me, it's made, you know, every time I see, you know, from writer Alyssa Wong on anything, it's because of Afron, because of Co. you know, just seeing your name attached to that, to a comic, you know, makes me kind of realize like, oh, this is a safe place for me. It's not silly, but it does feel a tiny bit silly to say like a comic book is a safe space, but it really is. To see you writing Deadpool, I was like, I'm on that. Like, I read Deadpool so fast. Oh my God, I still haven't read the last issue of Spirit World. I refuse to read it. I, just, I can't handle that. I can't handle it. I, I can't let it end. I'm so sorry. But, but you, you, I guess what I'm trying to say is that because of you, like you, I don't know if you realize it, but you have been creating safe spaces for non-binary people within just about every major, um, I guess, ongoing like comic book world this is the Kofun Ferris podcast, not the Robin is talking about Kofun Ferris podcast.
4: <laughs>
5: Definitely not the Kessel Run Relay podcast. This is, I've never heard of that.
4: No. <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm glad that. I mean, it's really cool to hear that because, again, I'm just like, I'm just out here. I'm just out here writing my little guys. So it's really neat that, like, people are able to fi- find that. I, that's crazy. What? <laughs> it's what? Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. For characters, let me hit two of them real quick. Um, And I think... Okay, actually, a few more. But let me just hit two real quick. One is Magna Tolvin, um, a.k.a. Love Interest from Volume 1. Uh, including her was tricky because uh, she was such a core part of Volume 1. Um, And Kieran and Sai did this amazing job with her. And I was like, if I bring her back immediately... I don't want to pull any stitches out of like this beautiful conclusion that Sai has written, but the fact that I got to bring her back at all was really sweet. Um, I'm glad she came back for the Fast uh, <laughs> and Furious X's run, <laughs> um, and she ended up being a big part of the rest of Afra, both in terms of like she was a big part of like the Dark Droids crossover, but also because she is another person in Afra's life. Who she's burned a big bridge with but is also like trying to be better um, whereas Magna is on her own journey of you know going from yes I worked for a fascist government um, to now uh, I'm a freedom fighter and what does that mean for somebody who like put so 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 much of herself into this dream of order and peace in the galaxy only to realize that she was fighting for evil so how does that translate um, to being like a freedom fighter now. And for me, it was like, you have somebody who cares so much and is so deeply principled at their core. And they're always going to have to have a cause like to focus on. So that's another reason why, like, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get, um, Magna and Aphrodite together (laughs) because, you know, Ultimately, there's a bit where Magnus says, you know, I'm always going to choose rebellion and you're always going to choose yourself. Um, And is that an irreconcilable difference in a relationship? And I think unless you can meet in the middle, it is. But I'm glad that I'm glad I'm glad we did by the end. (laughs) Um, So shout out to Magna Tolvin on Twitter. whose love for Tolvin inspired my love for Tolvin as well. Uh, (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Um, And real brief, uh, I would love to talk a bit about Ariel. Um, Ariel is a sweetie pie. He's a mean mean little man. Um, Yeah, he's teeny tiny. I love him pocket size. I love short kings. My favorite. Um, Ariel again... Uh, just Lucky's ex. Childhood, like friend, grew up together. There is like I I love writing romance because I love writing people who are stressed out. Um, and I love writing big feelings. So having Ariel around more for Lucky um helps sort of braid their stories together. Um and I guess, like, Co, you get what's on the outside, which is (laughs) just, like, peak dramatic bitch. Um, (laughs) And then as time goes by, you start to unravel little bits and pieces where you hear, like, in a line of dialogue, here's a bit of insecurity, like, here's here's a flashback to when things were good and why we can't have that anymore. Um, So the longer I wrote Ariel the more I realized about Lucky and vice versa. Um, I remember I was in an airport and I was trying to write 18, I think. I think I was buying a pretzel and I had a moment where I was like, wait, I know the opening of 18. And that was when I was like, oh, all I knew about these two is that they had like an acrimonious breakup and they go way back. And 18... in line for the pretzel I was like I know what this opening for 18 is it's this breakup scene and I know whose fault it was and it wasn't Ariel's and that was a big light bulb moment for me Um, so him and Lucky that story is about like how do you trust again Um, and when it's only been you and it's only ever been you you know Um, and it's only ever been that one person for you Um, how do you come back together and can you um so that's that's him i love him uh he was originally gonna be named ario after ario the artist <laughs> um but then i was like what if he dies i can't do that <laughs> lucky's little brother's named Puck after greg Puck, uh and then i felt really guilty for the rest of the run
2: <laughs> we're big Ario fans here <laughs> i just he's the best i um as we were saying earlier um aria's intro to afra was ariel and lucky and um i love having the the ring the rings of veil come back go go no go no no no. go 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 go. i'm gonna let you go Um,
3: yeah but i remember we were asking about where that ring of veil that lucky got in the first arc was for so long we were like when is it coming back is will we ever see it again so when he proposed with it in issue 31 that was like the biggest like scream moment like oh my god so much payoff like in the relationship of course that ring oh my god
2: and having it be like
3: like the cursed ring for their for their proposal it's just so them
2: it's like they're Um, like, they're like i love the idea that um the ring like it's this cursed thing and it's this broken thing, and it's this thing that causes so much pain, but they're, like, reclaiming it for their love. I think that's such a great reflection of their their story just in general, um, because they, they, well, Lucky hurt Ariel. Lucky, like, d- did something that was not right, and their relationship, to me, was often cursed. And I think it's so, like, it was just, when that happened, it was, like, the best to me, the best twists and stories are ones that you go, I could have never expected that, but duh, like that makes total sense, right? That's what, that's like the greatest twists. And I know it's not a twist in the traditional sense, but to me it was, because I was, I was waiting for that ring. I was looking for that ring. So to have it be like, afterwards, I was like, no, I, I did not expect that whatsoever. But now that it's happened, that is so thematically perfect and so um like it just ties that that first arc in and um it's great and it's it's still some uh <laughs> last night aria texted me and goes we need to talk about force sensitive just lucky i
3: was and... about to bring it up <laughs> speaking of lucky and the rings of veil vale arc <laughs> what was going on there i'm i we are big force sensitive lucky just lucky troopers like just just a little bit with, like that sound he was hearing is like, no, I'm choosing to interpret it that way. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes me that makes me so happy to hear.
4: Um, I always wanted the ring to come back at a certain point, um, and come back in a moment of like self sacrifice, in one way or another. Not like a death moment of self sacrifice, but the idea of the ring is that it brings you like fortune and and good luck, um, at personal cost, um. So it like shaves off like years of your life if you use it. Um and so I knew that it was gonna come back at a pivotal moment and I was gonna have him use it in some way or another. And it's like, yeah, even though this is gonna cost me somehow in a big way, um, it's important now. And even though my original plan for it ended up getting moved around, um when I was when I was figuring out like how this was gonna end, I was like, oh, oh, this is even better because it is that beat, but the thing that he's giving up is that feeling of like protecting yourself. And it is like sacrificing a piece of you in order to not just have like good fortune, but also to make something better for yourself. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm glad that you've glad you recognize the ring. Cause that is a hundred percent it <laughs> about force sensitive, just lucky. That was originally part of what we had planned for him. Um, that was part of my pitch. Um, which is that he's an incredible shot, um, and it is a little bit of just a little bit of force sensitivity to the point where he doesn't know he has it. Um, and people are like, how do you, how do you keep doing this? And he's like, I don't know, I'm just lucky. Ah, uh, so that's where that name comes from. <laughs> 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 I know. Now you know
2: the voices, the voices. <laughs> <laughs> I I had this whole for a while. I had this whole like fanfic idea for just lucky about the force sensitivity he
3: wrote a whole comic script and I was too lazy to draw it Real. nobody ask about it please
2: um but I just yeah that I loved we we talk about how that's one of our favorite Star Wars specific tropes is that um you have this 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 character who doesn't quite know it and that's like but they use it and that's oh I love it and I don't know who else
3: Han Solo Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes, <laughs> so, I don't <laughs> think who else? But yeah,
3: because I know how everybody's always like, um, how great it is to focus on non-force sensitive perspectives in Star Wars when we have so many Jedi and stuff. But I just love like those, a couple of those like secretly force sensitive. Don't like, doesn't the finish, fringe probably won't even find is. out. But yeah, it's it's so great. It has so much potential. It just makes them so silly. <laughs> <laughs> a little extra flavor. Just like-
1: a little bit of spice to that (laughs) well any final thoughts on any of our character arcs the volume two as a whole issue 40 just one tiny one
4: never forget eustasia she's living her best life she's great she's fine she's she's healed she's over it she's thriving
1: okay (laughs) so real for that she, she's she's in yeah. academia. That's enough yeah. of 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 a war. She doesn't need to be involved in the Galactic Civil War either.
3: <laughs> we love a woman in academia. So true. Can I,
2: if we're also, if we're done talking about Eustacia, can we, uh, can we talk about Triple Zero and V T maybe just a little bit? <laughs> sure. Just the <a> tiny bit. <laughs> I I promised myself I wouldn't go too um crazy about them, but it's gonna happen just a little bit. Um. I, one of my favorite panels ever, um, and I had it as a profile picture for a long time, was them on the beach. I thought that was, I thought that was (laughs) just the sweetest thing ever.
3: They were living out their retirement. They
2: they were. And I, one of my other favorite moments is, I think what's so funny about those two characters is in like, and it's, it's prevalent in one of the arcs of, I can't remember which arc of volume one, but it comes back a little bit in this one is, that they, they they pretend to just care about, especially Triple Zero, about bloodshed and death and murder, which he does care about. But when you hurt BT, that like, he gets so upset and so emotional and not even in like a violent way. He's just really like sad about it, which I think is really funny and really fun. And I just remember it was just lucky it was
3: an issue 30 in issue 30 when just like he shot bt, BT. yeah and
2: i just remember there's a big panel of triple zero like turning and like being so mad and i was like i was like there it is there it is that's 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 <laughs> trip right there that's my guy <laughs> um but yeah i i i love them they're great they're wonderful in your run i think they're so fun yeah
1: <laughs> they're just silly guys They're just silly, sometimes very murderous guys. Like all he wants to do is explore. Maybe cutting it open, cutting open a human body, and exploring the human nervous system is exploring to him. Like it it, happens. Exactly. That's just being a good surgeon. Exactly.
5: Exactly. That's just the way it is.
2: And I love them being in dark droids too. In that final, that that's so. That was that was fun. They're just. They're my guys. I love them. <laughs> and thank you for putting them in the final issue.
1: <laughs> I will also say one of my favorite moments from Afra was them in the tropical wear. Uh, I, I don't know yeah. how we haven't talked about that yet, but the panel of them, like BT in his hat and then Triple Zero <laughs> in the tropical shirt, stays in my mind rent free. It's so goofy and I love it's it. So goofy. Exactly. And I love it.
4: Was
2: that in your script? Was that like a very specific direction you wanted? That's so awesome.
4: Yeah, I was like, here's your splash page. Here's your big reveal. Here's like, here they are. They're scary. They're menacing. They're wearing tropical vacation wear. We're ready. Let's go.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that issue was another one of my favorites. Where I I think this was Jay's, um this was your guys' profile picture for a while. But the, the picture of Triple Zero just lying down like flat on the sand. Uh, In my mind, free I
2: remember (laughs) the day that issue came out. I couldn't read it till we couldn't read it till really, really late, and I was getting like DMs and messages all day, being like, like people who like never DM me before, like being like, "You okay? Like, drink water. Is everything okay? Or like, are you all good?" I was like, "Oh no, (laughs) that this is gonna be a this is gonna be a." Good one for me. I just remember everyone all day was
5: like, get ready.
1: Big
5: day for Jay. (laughs) That is so funny. Like it's always so funny whenever people do that. Like they just like (laughs) you can't read it until late, but you just get like so many met like I didn't read Afra 39 when it came out because I was on my way back home for Christmas break and my brother stopped at a comic store on the way to the airport to pick me up and he got it for me and I was just going to read it you know like sometime that week and I got a text from Liv as I was in the car on my way home from the airport and she was like you're gonna want to read it and you're gonna want to sit down for the one panel of Co's head the back of Co's head I I turned around to my brother I was like give it to me now (laughs) it was oh my gosh it was great but it's all it's always so funny when that happens like just to check in like are you okay
1: (laughs) yeah and i guess just to close out our discussion star wars comics are just such a special little tidbit in the star wars fandom as a whole like i mean we all saw the art that everybody did where everybody contributed of, you know, like all the characters in a circle definitely made me tear up. Um, And moments like this and moments like you just mentioned before are really why I love Star Wars comics so much because, I mean, I don't even have to say this, but the Star Wars fandom is so full of turmoil and just maybe not great people having a larger voice and opinions than others who should be uplifted but the comics fandom specifically and the comics fandom on Twitter and TikTok that kind of community that we that we have with with each other to the point where everyone's associated with like a specific character and again moments like you just said like DMing someone are you okay when there's a character that they love that shows up in the in a comic book like that that's one of the main reasons why I love Star Wars comics so much is because comics is a very 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 um exclusive community and being able to share it with everybody. I mean, there's a story for everybody basically. And again, that that's just why I love it. And I think Aphra specifically and bounty hunters to a similar extent, they foster these communities so much to the point where everyone is associated with a character. And we all love these stories so much that it, it's just really special and a very little nice little tidbit in the star Wars fandom.
0: And we're also super lucky that the writers for comics like you and like Ethan, you you guys interact with us. Like, I feel like that's unheard of in most sections of the fandom, you know? Like, like usually the creators are so far above us. Not really, but like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But you guys are, you guys always not make yourselves accessible, but like you interact with us, you engage with us, and it's fun. You encourage our shenanigans
4: absolutely encouraging shenanigans I mean I think part of it too is that like you said Star Wars comics fandom is really special Um, it's very welcoming and it's not you know I don't think I've ever seen anything like it I'll be real Um, I've written for a lot of things uh, with very toxic fandoms Um, I mean the baseline of well I've never gotten a death threat from you guys is always like (laughs) Um, but I think that part of it is it does feel safer to, like, interact in ways that aren't, like, really aggressive and, like, um, entitled and cruel and, I mean, toxic. Um, so I would say a lot- a large part of that is also you guys and the fact that you are so kind and welcoming and- Like, I don't- I I would not interact with a fandom that is toxic, because it just is not a safe place to be. But interacting with Star Wars, Twitter, like, comics, fandom is really fun. Um, It's a fun place to be. Um, And like I said, no one's ever sent me death threats, so that's always a good (laughs) thing. Yeah. I mean-
1: this is this goes without saying, but my my life would be forever changed. My life has been forever changed by Star Wars comics, and I have nothing but good things to say.
4: That's so kind.
2: <laughs> I know we said it like in our thread about Afra, but Ari and I just like as we said earlier, it's kind of our tradition to get together and um, read these, and especially Afra. So that's just like it's like. An excuse for us to talk excuse for us to hang out. Um so that's just like um hey was saying that's just another way that it's been something that's changed us and our, our yeah. what we do. And yeah,
3: we've also even like gotten some of our non-Star Wars friends to read specifically afro we were like, okay, like, I know you don't read star wars comics but there's just this one
2: this person has not seen any of the movies and we had them read your run
5: (laughs) and she loved it
3: (laughs) oh my god that's amazing
4: that's amazing
5: i i had a similar situation i have a friend who like does not read comics he's all about just like burying himself in dense like fantasy books that he can spend months of his life reading and he asked me what I had been up to, and I was like, Oh, I'm reading the Star Wars comic. I'm reading Dr. Afra. Like, what the heck is that? So I kind of explained it to him and told him about Afra and Co and Lucky and like all of these characters. And he was like, Why have I never heard of this? And I took him to a comic store, and he got the first volume of Your Run of Afra, and he got uh, the first run of or the first volume of Bounty Hunters, because I told him that Valance is just, like, the coolest guy. Um, But then on top of that, like, it because of that introduction I gave to him, he, like, checks in with me because I'm semi, like, up to date with comics. He'd be like, hey, has Alyssa written anything as of late? I'll just be like, oh, yeah, they wrote Spirit World. And so we went out, and he got the first issue of Spirit World, read it, and he was like, of course, it's great. But like Star Wars was the gateway to that, and Star Wars comics was the gateway. And it's just like helped our friendship grow that much more, even though we've been friends for like half of more than half of our lives. But like just these little things that help grow our friendship, you know, getting to share this thing that I have gotten to love so much with other people. And, you know, that's, you know, the same kind of thing I've run into in, on like Twitter and all that, and especially getting to interact. With the writers. Like, I could never just send Ryan Johnson a DM and be like, hey, I really loved Last Jedi. It really did this for me. He might see it, but he would never say anything. But I, you know, was absolutely terrified of writing you a letter, Alyssa. And Liv was just like, yeah, do it. And so I did. And now, whether you like it or not, we interact on Twitter a bit and you know I've you know had a similar experience with Ethan you know just like talking about how much I love bounty hunters and some of the non-Star Wars stuff that he's been writing and just getting to like share my appreciation I think it's just like such a mutual relationship if that makes sense like we're both just so thankful for each other and it really helps the community feel just like so much more connected than any other communities I've ever been in like oh I God. could talk to I could talk to any of you guys about any Star Wars comics and you guys will know more than me and that's so much fun.
4: Uh, this is really great to hear you guys. Like um when 40 came out I was like, oh I'm so sad. Like I think I like I think this issue is great, but that more importantly, I am really sad because this is like this is it. This is the end. question mark. But um <laughs> you know I woke up, and I was expecting to be very sad, and instead I woke up to that incredible art piece that, like, so many fans, including you guys, like, collaborated on, and it's beautiful, and it's perfect. Um, I woke up to, um, Like Force Time special episode where a whole bunch of people were like, here's what Afro means to me, um... And I was so touched, I cried for like three hours. Uh, It was really, really, really sweet. Um, And it's very special, like it's a very special community and I'm really happy that I was able to help build something, like to help build that community. But the truth is like, you guys are the ones who built this and that is why it's so special to me, Um, so. So thank you. That's a long way of saying thank you, and I appreciate you so so much.
0: Thank you. I know you just said that it was us that did it, but thank you because without <laughs> you, the the community, like the the basis of the community, isn't there. You know, you know.
1: Yeah. The, the bond <laughs> <over>.
4: <laughs> thank you. Thank you for read. Thank you for reading, Doctor Afra. Uh You're
1: very welcome.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well thank you guys so much for being here and thank you a huge thank you to Alyssa for coming on our podcast and discussing Afro with us um yeah just thank you and everyone had a very very fun time oh thank you so
4: much thank you for oh, thank having you. me yes,
1: thank
5: um, you Alyssa thank oh. you thank
1: you Thank you so much to all of our guests again for being here. Um, this was really just an awesome episode and I really enjoyed talking Afra and comic books with you guys. Um, you can follow us as always on Twitter, social media, TikTok. Our links will be in the description. You can email us at kesslerunrelaypod.com. Um, I hope we'll start recording again, more episodes because well, the strike is over and We have some, I think we have some fun things planned for this year that we didn't get to do because life was lifing. But again, thank you guys so much for coming on here. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening. And may the force be with you.
2: Thank you.